Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Here we are, back again. Morning, studio. Morning. All right, Amy is still at her house. She's still got a cough. It is it is a wet cough, man. <laughs> it is, it's dirty. It's tough to shake a cough, though. It, those yeah. things sometimes stay for two months if you don't get on medicine. Are you on stuff, Amy? Dayquil and NyQuil. No, like z pack or oh, yeah. k pack mm. or p pack. No, <laughs> not yet. I mean, I have a cough syrup that has the hydrocodone or Oof. whatever, but... That'll yeah. help a little yeah, bit. Yeah, don't take that during the show. <laughs> I don't know. If I ever get that, it makes me fall asleep. I don't yeah. ever feel good. I'm just like this. So uh, if Amy sounds weird, it's because she's still working from her house because she's sick. Uh, we'll start with this. Spirit Airlines, there's a plane that the tire catches on fire. And so then they tell the passengers, stay seated. Here, I want to play you audio from inside the plane. Ladies and gentlemen, stay seated. Stay seated. We do not have to back here now. Please remain seated. Everyone keep the aisles clear. Stay seated, please. Go back to your seats. We do not have to evacuate. Please go back to your seats. Thank you. If the pilots give us command to evacuate, we will evacuate, but please remain seated right now and keep the aisles way clear. If we do have to evacuate, please just leave your bags. We will let you know. Please remain seated. I mean, these people are itching to get off this plane because the tire, they landed, the tire's on fire. They're looking out the window and they're like, like, stay seated. I'm surprised nobody went airplane on this airplane. Mm-hmm. And by go airplane, it means flip the crap out. Because <laughs> yeah. people are flipping out over masks, but they, they're not flipping out because they can't get off a plane when the tire's on fire. But it landed in Atlanta, and the fire started around the landing gear, and so people started to freak out. I would have freaked out too, but at least it's not in the air. Mm. I'd have really freaked out. Would you have stayed seated, though? 
Because they told you 10 times. I have no choice, right? <laughs> I'm locked. I'm locked in there. Right. I'm locked in there. But I think if I was in the air and that happened, I would have panicked, panicked. If I'm on the ground, I, I want to get off the plane. I want to slide down the big rubber slide. <laughs> that looks fun. But I'm actually okay if we have to stay. And you know what they say. If you fly spirit, you're going to end up a spirit. They say that? I don't oh, know if they do or not. That's terrible. A New Mexico woman allegedly... <laughs> That'd be the worst slogan ever for slogan. an airline. No, 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 no. A New Mexico woman allegedly stole car with kids inside. Oh, no. And the mom climbed on the hood, which makes sense because yeah. you probably try to get on or stop that car any way possible. But a woman in New Mexico stole a car and there were two kids inside. This happened on July 4th in Hobbs, New Mexico. The Hobbs Police Department said that a woman parked her white Hyundai Santa Fe in front of a store, and when she returned, an unknown female pushed her and got into the vehicle and drove off. Traffic camera video shows the mom attempting to stop the carjacking by getting on the hood of the car. Inside the car, her six-year-old daughter and her 11-month-old son. That is crazy. The suspect, who is identified as Regina Castillo, then abandoned the car once she saw the kids and began to run. She was arrested after she was found hiding behind a pickup truck. Oh. <laughs> what are you just sitting behind the tail? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hiding. What are you, uh, the children were reunited with their mom after being treated by EMS. That's from the New York Post. But I definitely understand why you would jump on the car if your kids are in it. We read so many of these stories, and the other day I was at the at the gas station, and I was like, I'm just going to run in real quick. But I thought about all these stories. Like, no, I'm bringing all the kids in. You don't want to risk it. Mm. Like, I was thinking, it's only going to take two seconds. I'll go in, pay, and I'll be right back. No, I took them all in. But your oldest, he wasn't there. It was all the little ones. Mm, interesting. And well, I can't thought, you leave it running and lock it? You can, but I mean, oh gosh, I wouldn't trust my kids. They would like keep me they locked. They would out. steal it. Oh, they would yeah. leave me locked out. <laughs> oh, you're not getting in, Dad. And finally, a New Orleans woman's facing murder for hire charges after she tried to hire a hitman on this site, runahitman.com. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's another one. Yeah, 33-year-old Zandra Ellis was arrested in the parking lot of a Waffle House last week after discussing the hit with an undercover agent who she hired on rentahitman.com. She was haggling over the price before selling on a $1,000 fee to kill the other woman that with 100 bucks up front and then the 900 later. That'd be terrible for Hitman to only take 10%. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Half you take least. 90% and then oh, really? get the other 10. Yeah. Uh, Ellis was arrested outside after paying the deposit because she did that and she faced up 10 years in prison. Uh, by the way, this site, all the time, people go to rent a hitman and try to rent. By the way, are you renting one or are no, you just hiring them for their services? Yeah, yeah, you're using the yeah, service. Yeah, but it's not a real site. All right, there you go. But it sounds like she should, <laughs> if she lives in New Orleans, she's 33, she should, she should be listening to our show. Uh-huh. She just missed out. Yeah, we've talked about we've this talked site. We've talked about it before. <laughs> All right, it's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Dear Bobby Bones, my husband has many female friends. He has several businesses that require him to associate with women. With that being said, is it cheating when he asks his women friends to go to dinner with him? We actually split up for several months last year over this issue. I think it's a form of cheating considering these women are single and their messages are flirty between them. Just a couple of weeks ago, I saw a message between him and another woman. By the way, he let me have his phone to play games. Again, they were flirting with each other, and he then asked her to dinner. He said he was consoling her because her father died, which wasn't true because I checked her Facebook first. He also tried to delete messages before I saw them, but I saw them first. I contacted the woman, and she would not respond to me after she realized I was his wife. I really don't know what to do. 
We have several businesses together, and I don't want to lose my investments, but also don't want to stay in a marriage if he continues to do this. We've been married less than five years. What do you think? Cheating husband or just a friendly guy? Signed, worried wife. Yeah, it's a cheating husband. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that? Well, listen, just because a guy is going to dinner with a woman and it's business related, I don't necessarily think something's going on there if that's the instance. That should happen if it needs to happen. There doesn't always have to be something sexual happening if it's a man and a woman together. And I think men and women can both control their urges if they're mature. Yeah. That being said, there's a lot to unpack here. You've already split up over the issue, so something happened to make it uh, an uncomfortable situation with Mm -hmm. you guys. Secondly, they're flirting in text. Ain't no need for that. That's not good. Ain't no place for that. Flirting in text, deleting them. Uh, dad died not true that lie right there if, if he's lying about that he's lying about other things too uh, this ain't a good situation for you so if all this is true it is not good and you should not be in this situation if it's temporary if it's permanent but you've got to look to get yourself out of this situation now on the final paragraph you say you have several businesses together I don't want to lose my investments um, you can still keep half you can still keep them you don't have to lose them just because you divorce. It happens all the time where people own stuff and they they split up. So, cheating husband or friendly guy? That's the question. If I had to pick one, cheating husband. He also a pretty friendly guy too. You know what I'm saying <laughs> a little bit of both. But I was th- gonna say both. Yeah, this is this is very shady. This is um, a, a total sketch here. Amy, your thoughts? When it comes, I think if you've already kind of made your decision and really what you're holding on to is the fact that you don't want to lose your investments, then you just have to hire the right people or the right lawyer and just get the right support from family and friends. And then hopefully when you divide up assets, like you'll still be okay and just know that it's going to be a hard season, but you'll get through it. Yeah. And you don't stay together just because of investments. Yeah, that's not good. Right. Unless you make the deal, we're just going to stay together because of our investments, but we're going to leave lead completely other lives. Yeah. So yeah, it's not going to work as it's going here. Uh, You should look at Finding out a little more and, and getting out of the situation if all this is true. I hate to say that because mostly I'm like, oh, who cares? Have fun. Party. Actually, I'm never like that. So. <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard you <laughs> yeah, say I'm that. Like, I'm never like that. <laughs> uh, cheating husband. Thank you for the email. I'm very sorry this is happening to you. But just by what we read here, this is not good and you need to look to get out. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. On the phone, James in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. James, appreciate you calling. What's going on, buddy? I know you don't really know anything about the radio, but I hope you could tell me about how, like, song selection on the radio works. Yeah, you mean the science of how a radio works. No idea. No idea what happens in the air. So, yes, don't know anything about that. Transmitters, dumb as a rock. But maybe I can help you with this. All right, go ahead. So, the example that I'm going to use is the song Life is a Highway by Rascal Flatt. Um, song came out in like 2006, but it seems like the radio go through goes through phases of playing that song like every two weeks. So I'm wondering why this song from 16 years ago is still hanging on and getting the airtime when like number one songs from last year aren't even getting played anymore. It's a good question. That's a great point. Let me answer that for you. First of all, Life on a Highway is getting played because it's a jam, right? <laughs> like, that's a jam. The song it comes is. on and you're like, God dang, I don't remember how good that song was till it's playing right now. 
And that intro, you're like, life is a highway. And you're in your car and you're slapping the steering wheel. <laughs> I want to ride it. Oh, nah. So jam is the number one reason. Number two, this is how radio works. And I don't agree with the philosophy as much, but so there will be what they call current songs or power songs, the biggest songs. The A-listers, there's like five or six of them, and they will play like every hour and a half or two hours. And the reason they play so frequently is because they know the average person isn't able to listen to the radio for an hour and a half or two hours. And so they're going to play the biggest hits so the most people hear them. Now, if you hear a song twice in an hour and a half or two hours, like, they play this song all the time. You're a rare person who's listened for that, that long straight. Okay, so they're just trying to get the biggest hits on for the most people. That's the first rule. There are secondary songs, which are coming up, like songs 9 through 16. They play a little less frequently, and they're also getting researched at the same time. And if the research comes back and they do all these calls, hundreds and thousands of calls to people to play music over the phone, and if you're like, I like that song, then after research, they will move that up when one of the other songs falls off. So that's how that works. And I do that with 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Each song's trying to climb the ladder to other steps. Now, why a song like Rascal Flats would come on? You have to find older songs that aren't, if you're on a new country station, that aren't a Johnny Cash or 60s or 70s or 80s. That'd be classic country. That people still go, that's an old school song that's the jam. So they're always switching out high-researched songs from 10, 15, 20 years ago to give texture to the radio station, meaning it's just not all new songs all the time. Every once in a while, you hear something that's like, oh, that was a good one from five years ago. That was a good one from nine years ago. But again, even Life is a Highway, your station or your region must have played that song over the phone for 10,000 people. And a lot of them went, that's the jam. So then they go, oh, that's a good one. People still love it. We're going to play it every couple of weeks. And you hear Life is a Highway a little bit more. Fun fact about that song originally, wasn't a radio song. was never a single. Just started to get played because it was a cover and then became a hit because it was on Cars. Cars. The movie Cars, yes. yeah. So the radio programming philosophy, not something I agree with wholeheartedly, but it's something I understand. It involves a lot of research and a formula. And when a song goes number one, the next week after it's not number one, radio does something stupid and they just drop it. And they're just like, well, it's out of here for the most part. They lower it. And songs don't stay at number one for re- most of the time, three, four, five weeks. Where at least in pop, they do because it's just the best song. Weeks, Radio, weeks they like weeks. pass out free yeah. candy for number hmm. ones. So that's also why you don't hear a number one. You mean country year- radio? Yeah. Yeah. Radio, like, yeah, what we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you don't hear a number one a year later is because sometimes, is a number one a year ago? There was actually a pile of crap that just got it for participation trophy <sighs> and it doesn't test well. That happens a lot. So, yeah, the programming philosophy in this format, I do a clown face emoji sometimes on, on it. Some of it's really good, but some of it is just like, oh, you have a song. Oh, that's cute. What label you on? Here's the number one. Mm. But some of it is genuine awesomeness. But a lot of research and research even into old school songs, James, and that's why you hear Life is a Highway. All right. Makes sense. There you go, buddy. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. We'll see you next week, everybody. All right. All right. Thanks, James. Have a, I'll be back in a second. Have a good day. Bobby the latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Reba McIntyre announced a fall arena tour. Special guest Terry Clark joins her, and it's set to kick off October 13th in Louisiana. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. local time.
Morgan Wallen talked about his rise to stardom. It doesn't take away the work of it. Obviously, I love doing it, but there's so much talent and so many people who would kill to be in your spot at all times. You always have to remember that and remember how blessed you are and keep keep your head down and keep focused. And that's really all I can focus on and control. So wherever it ends up, that's just that's where we go. Kelsey Ballerini shared on Jimmy Kimmel Live how she and her husband Morgan Evans critique each other's work. We're pretty brutal. So I can only show him something if I'm like, I know I love this. So even if he thinks it sucks, like I'm still going to hang my hat on it. But I think you have to have that with, with anyone in your inner circle. Like you need that brutal honesty to know if it's good or not. I'm Morgan. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Six-year-old Lena, she's on a flight on United Airlines from Norway to South Carolina, and she's got a loose tooth, and she's wiggling it the whole way. And she's like, I don't know. It might not be ready to fall out. Well, they get off the plane. They're on their way to baggage claim, and she realizes, my tooth is gone. Oh, my gosh. It it fell out without her knowing it? It's got to be on the plane. (laughs) So she tries to go back, and security's like, no, I'm sorry. You already passed the checkpoint. You cannot go back to the plane. So she starts crying in the airport, and one of the United Airlines pilots walks by and says, what's wrong? What's wrong? She's like, my tooth, it's on the plane. They won't let me go back. So the pilot says, here, let me write you a note to the tooth fairy. (laughs) And he wrote, dear tooth fairy, Lena had a tooth fallout on her flight to Greenville. Please take this note and place of her tooth. So she gave it to Lena, and Lena put it on her pillow. There's no update of if the tooth fairy got the note or not. That's a good story. <laughs> I like it for three reasons. Number one, a pilot stopped because a kid was crying in the terminal. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, uh, good guy, good woman. Don't yeah. know, but they stopped. And number two, they went through and took the time to write a note to the tooth fairy when they didn't have to. That's it. Again. Number three, apparently there's a nonstop from Norway to South Carolina. Look at that. <laughs> Who in the world? I can't get a Norway I can't get a nonstop to Tulsa, but they're gonna have a one to South Carolina from Norway. Yeah, that's funny. What in the world? So that's what you got out of this story. Those three things, <laughs> okay. yes. That's a great story. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. I'm gonna give you guys my top five country songs of the summer. In like two minutes. But first, I'm going to give you Billboard's top five songs of the summer. And these are just the big pop songs. But at number five, Glass Animals, Heat Waves. That's jam. Yeah. I'm saying. That's what they call a jam sandwich. <laughs> That's a really good. It's been out for a while now. But, man, that is a good song. Really good. At number four, Lizzo. It's called About Blank Time, oh, as okay. I say. Yeah. Okay. yeah, About Dang Time. Maybe I can get her to cut one of those. That's number four. Number three, it's Future and Drake. Here we go. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that one. <laughs> number two, Jack Harlow, First Class. That's a good one. And number one, Harry Styles, as it was. Okay, so that's billboards. I agree with the number one and number two, mostly because I've listened to all those albums for the past two months. Jack Harlow's been out about two months because my wife listens to them all the time, so I listen to them all the time. All right, here are my top five country songs of the summer. At number five, it is Brett Eldridge, Songs About You. I'm just trying to get through these songs about you. I was posting a... Instagram story on our vacation and I was going to use that song over the top of it. It was Caitlin and I. She's like, no, that song's about getting over somebody. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you know that? 
probably, but I it just thought it was click. a good song. And it said songs about you. And so she's like, no, no, no. That's not what you put there. That's funny. I was like, okay. Uh, number four, Haley Witters, Everything She Ain't. Good one, That's a good one. It's so good. Number three, and I love this song, and it's just now getting started on the chart. He played it here on the show. When it comes to like a summer feel-good song, Ryan Hurd, Pass It On. Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on to someone else. What good is you got to run your love or your bottle if you keep it all to yourself? I mean, that's a summer song right there. Yeah. Makes you feel good. Makes you smile. It's a positive song. What's he talking about? Well, a lot of stuff. Love, your bottle. He says uh-huh. it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At number two, Morgan Wallen, Wasted on You. I've wasted on you. And at number one, my house has become kind of obsessed with Zach Bryan to the point where we just listen to his TikToks and his new album's basically all sad songs. It's not out yet, but that's all he's putting on TikTok. And so this is Zach Bryan. Now, this is a song that's out now, Something in the Orange. To you, I'm just a man. To me, you're all I am. Where the hell am I supposed to go? Posing myself again, something in the orange tells me you're never coming home. If you leave today, I'll just stare out the way. The orange touches all things around. The grass, trees, and do how I just hate you. Please turn those headlights around. I love a sad song. I love a slow song. I love. You know, Sappy Kenny, Emo Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Not Beach Kenny. Nope. I could pass on Beach Kenny. <laughs> but crazy. I love Zach Bryan because it's all sad stuff, it seems like. His all the voice time. is cool, too. Yeah, it's awesome. He's got a humongous TikTok following. And again, it keeps putting up him playing all of his new stuff, but it's not out yet. But that's my number one song, Something in the Orange. By the way, honorable mention, Eric Dodd with Cizan Raimundo and Abby, Vacation Part 2. Vacation Part 2, I got Eric opening my first show, my uh, comedically inspirational show. <laughs> Has he contacted you yet about performing with him? Yeah, he said, you want to do a line? I go, yeah, but if I come, you probably got to bring Abby too, right? Oh, the oh, whole wow, thing. wow. What'd he say? I mean, no, he's definitely down, but I'm asking Abby, can we do it live? Turn it up, right part. Sure you can. Do you know the word? Do you know? Could you do it? Hey, turn it down. Could you do them? Do it by yourself right here? Nah, no. Oh, you don't know it? Well, no, I got to memorize. You got to do some work. We got a month, so. Okay. No. What? Give me what you got. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> but you wrote it. I know I did. Dude, did you sing- write that though? Yeah. Okay. But singing is hard. <laughs> Memorizing songs is very difficult, and I think I'm showing that what the artists do is very, very impressive. So, so I'm doing two shows. 
Uh, August 12th and 13th. But on the 12th, my comedically inspirational show, Eric Dodd's going to open up. And I guess Ray and maybe Abby are going to show up and do this song That'd with them. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, tickets. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, tickets go on sale Friday if you guys want to get tickets and come to Nashville for it. All right. So those are my best songs. And honorable mention, we got Vacation Part 2 there. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work 
I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Amy, tell these guys what happened to you. So we were out to eat at a Mexican restaurant and we're sitting there just minding our business and out of nowhere, all these employees come over, put a sombrero on my head and start singing happy birthday. Just randomly? <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't my birthday. And they actually realized after the first line, their mistake and the girl next to me, the table next to us, it was their birthday. <laughs> How funny is that? You just go with it? What do you do? <laughs> I mean, I just was like, wait, what? I was so confused. And did, then they figured it out. So did you think fine. that somebody... because? Sometimes you do the joke where it's like, it's her birthday. And then they come out and you're like, hee, 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 hee. But nobody did that. The girl they next to her to be like, wait. It's what, my, my birthday. birthday. <laughs> what? You're not doing this for me? Hey, something else on Amy's flight. We were talking about, and we've talked about this before, but on her, on her vacation, they had to fly. And so the whole question of who gets the armrests when you sit in the three seats, right? Especially if you're flying Southwest. So what happened? Well, so my son had a middle seat and he wanted to know like, hey, who gets the armrest? And I wasn't sitting on his row, but I knew we talked about it on the show and I thought middle seat gets both armrests. And then the people on the plane didn't agree. So I Googled it and found an article from a etiquette person. And sure enough, it says when sitting in a plane with three seats in the row, middle seat gets both armrests. But what do you mean the people didn't agree with it? Well, the the person next to him was just like, oh, I had never heard that before, but they were glad to know it. They weren't rude about it by any means, but they just had no idea. I don't think that's right, by the way. And etiquette isn't a law. Etiquette's just someone going, I feel this is the proper way. I think those armrests are first come, first serve. I don't think anybody owns them. And Ooh. if you put your arm on at first, it's yours. Like as soon as you sit down, just claim it. With your elbow? Yes, and if you come off of it, it's like hands on a Harley, <laughs> hands on a hard body, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. If you come off of it and someone else takes it, it's now theirs. Interesting. Oh. Because if I sit down and I'm in the window seat and I put my arm on it, you can't sit down and then I'll be like, eh, eh, I read on uh, Jimmy Smith's site that <laughs> is mine. No, I think if you put your arm on it, it's yours. But when you move it, it's now up for grabs again. Yeah, I feel pretty strongly about that. You know, there's a way to share it. Like, you know, there's a part hey, of Yeah, but elbow. if you don't know the person, that's a no, weird that's share. That's true, because it's really close. Yeah, yeah there's no. some okay. situations sharing is weird. If you don't know the person, that's one of them. Or your elbow can go up in the front of it, yeah. and the other person's can go in the back of it. You still could, sh- and if someone's elbow's on the front, then that back is there for you to take. Yeah. As long as you're not touching them. <laughs> you can't risky. touch somebody you don't know, though. <laughs> Just general, as a general rule, don't touch somebody you don't know. Um, so I'm going to go, it's first come, first serve. If you sit down there, that's yours, regardless of where you sit. Anyone disagree with that? Uh, no. I think the middle seat is such a bad seat that you have to give the middle. Then get person. on earlier. Well, exactly. Check in earlier. Check be in more earlier. on top of things. Yeah. I, I, you, should, you shouldn't be rewarded for being a loser. Oh, Bobby no. shifted me. I was like, oh, middle. Yeah, that makes sense. They get both armrests. But after hearing Bobby talk, I'm in. You're first a loser? come, first serve. Yeah. You shouldn't be rewarded for being a late loser. Okay. Yeah. You didn't sign up early okay. enough. Okay. That's pretty harsh, but I believe in it. Yeah, pretty tough. You got to stand up for if you don't stand up for what you believe. Well, who are you even? (laughs) 
All right. Uh, thank you, Amy, for those stories. On the phone right now is Brent, who lives in Virginia Beach. Brent, good morning. What's up, buddy? Well, I just had a general question for you guys because um, I know some of you guys have kids and stuff like that. Uh, me and my wife have a uh, one year, one and a half year old son, and her and I have not been able to take that vacation like thing for just her and I to keep our relationship intact a little bit. So I was kind of wondering, how do you kind of? We have people that we trust to let him go to, to to watch him. I'm sorry, but um. We were just basically wondering, like, how do you, like, let go of the worriness so that you guys can just go and relax as a couple? How many days are you leaving for, Brent? Uh, we just wanted to try to leave for at least a weekend just okay. to kind of, you know, forget about everything for a weekend and just have fun for ourselves. That's not bad. If you were going to say seven days, I'd say it's probably too early in a kid's life to leave for a week. But a weekend sounds good. Eddie, I'll go to you. You got a lot of kids. What do you say to them? Yeah, you just have to rip it off like a Band-Aid. Like, just do it. I know it's going to be hard. Maybe whoever's staying with a kid can FaceTime you, you know, multiple times a day so you can see the, the kid and all that. But you just have to do it. I mean, I think for dads, it's a little easier. My, my wife, it's tough. Like, she didn't want to go on vacation for a long time. How long? I mean, I would say, like, at least. Yesterday? <laughs> yeah. She, no, she really does have problems still, like, just leaving the kids with someone else. It's usually her mom, but... It's tough, so you just got to do it. Hey, Brent, who is it harder for, you or your wife? More harder for my wife, honestly, because he was actually born with uh, severe hearing loss. So um, he actually got cochlear implants when he was 10 months old. So it's a little hard for him to communicate still here. He's, you know, going to speech therapy and all that stuff. But she's she's constantly worried about him, and I'm just trying to tell her all the time to just kind of relax, fine. We also need to concentrate on us so that we can keep, you know, everything fine with us as well as being a, a father and a mother. Yeah, I think that's an important step, too, to make sure you guys are healthy. And, again, if it's for a weekend and it's somebody that you really trust, I think you just got to go. And it's going to be hard. And the next time it's going to be pretty hard. The time after that's going to be kind of hard. It just gets easier as you do sure. it, I would assume. Uh, Brent, appreciate that call. But Eddie said, rip, rip the Band-Aid off, Rip man. it off, man. Just, just do it. Eddie, oh, Eddie's writing me a note. Just leave the kid at home and go, <laughs> what, what? Just no, I didn't that? say that. Oh, you didn't do that? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, Brent. Good luck. I agree with you in that you guys do need, mm-hmm. even if it's a day, time for you guys to go and make sure that you two are having a healthy relationship because that is very important to your son as well. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. See you later. It's a good call. I think a lot of people probably deal with that, huh? Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a common thing. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So one reason people have dogs is to scare off burglars. Sometimes people don't even have a dog. They just put a sign in their window and it works. Well, it turns out that walking dogs actually deters more burglars than you would think. So simply the fact of having to walk your dog around the neighborhood is like a neighborhood watch program without it even trying to be. Hmm. If a burglar broke into my house, my bulldog would, uh, I don't know, sit on his feet and want to be scratched on his head. I mean, my dogs would not give a crap if a burglar broke in. Uh, but yeah, I could see where a dog would be what you don't want to see if you're robbing a house. And not because they eat you, but because they make noise yeah. more than anything. All right, what else? All right, Bobby, what are your thoughts on gaming being taught in school? I don't know why it wouldn't be. I mean, this is uh, an, an industry where there are billions of dollars uh, being spent and made, not only making the games, but playing the games. So, yeah, I'm all for gaming being in universities. Why? Well, a survey was taken, and more than half of adults think, yeah, kids need to be learning this skill because it can teach them a lot, but also gaming could be a career. 
yeah, it's not about hand-eye coordination anymore, and it's not Donkey Kong. I think a lot of people go, oh, video games. <laughs> it's not that anymore. So if you go, oh, it's this video game. Okay, it, it's it's not Mario Kart, although Mario Kart rocks. Yeah, it's pretty good. But it's so much more advanced than that now. This is playing video games, not making video Both, games? But all. Okay. You could play. They have scholarships in some schools to be on a gaming team the same way they do sports. I mean, I oh. only imagine like in the 20s or 30s, they were like, we're going to have football, <laughs> a part of the school, and yeah. we're going to give kids free school to play football. This is all. Yeah, good This point. just happens. I'm a big believer in gaming in schools because there's a lot of it's, it's an industry and why would we not be teaching our young adults if they want to be part of an industry how to be in that industry and be better at it either by making the games or playing the games long live viva la video game oh I like that yeah viva <laughs> for me too viva la video oh, game you at your house right. yes oh my wife hears this alright Amy that's it yep I'm Amy that's my pile that was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. There's a point guard for the University of Tennessee basketball team that his family's house burned down back in February. Oh no, what are we going to do? Well, Vols fans, they got online, set up a GoFundMe, and they raised $350,000 and bought them a brand new house, and they just moved in. They moved all the way from New York to Knoxville so they could be closer to their son. Oh, that's cool. I remember talking about this when it happened, and they had raised all that money, so now they're in the house. They're in the house. They moved in all because fans came together and donated 5 10 15 bucks. Boom. I'm sure the NCAA will find some way to... <laughs> penalize a program uh-huh. in some way here. Uh, yeah, that's a really great story. I also didn't know they were from New York and now are moving to Knoxville because that's where the house is. Yes. So wow. they moved across the country. Uh, well, shout out ball fans. I mean, only second to Razorback fans. Am I right? Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> all right. That's what's up. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Thank you guys for being here. Here is Jennifer from Chicago. I have a corny for Amy. Why does it take longer to go from second base to third base than it does to go from first base to second? Because there's a short stop in the middle. Love the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. You got to like follow in your head. Short stop. <laughs> All right. I get it. All right, let's go to the, the pro though. Amy's morning corny. The morning corny. Why is Billy Joel's laundry still wet? Why is, this is one of those dated ones, our young (laughs) listeners are not going to get. Why is Billy Joel's laundry still wet? He didn't start the dryer. (laughs) That's funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) That was the morning corny. The funny thing about Billy Joel, Kayla and I were just talking about him the other day. She's like, I have no idea what he looks like. And so we play this game where I will take four pictures of different people. And go, is this Billy Joel? And she has to pick one of them. And we got to the real Billy Joel, and she's like, well, no chance that's him. <laughs> Why? Because he's just... <laughs> he looks different. He's just old, and I don't know. He doesn't look like a rock star. <laughs> and so, but yeah, she didn't really know Billy Joel. But for those that are wondering, Billy Joel has this song. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since, since the world's been turning. turning. Everybody come along, come a sucker like a bone. Come a like a that one where they do all the words there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Good joke, Amy. All right. There you go. Uh, coming up, we'll get into the mailbag. Is it a cheating husband or a friendly guy? That's the question. Cheating husband or friendly guy? All right. Write your answers down so nobody cheats. Mm-hmm. Give me five of these. 
I'll give you two country artists. You tell me, according to the internet, which doesn't know anything. Or do they? A, uh, or nah. do they? Nah. Okay. Who has a higher net worth? Okay, so who's the, the richest of the country stars? Ready? Garth Brooks or George Strait? In. Wow. I have In. their estimated net worth here. Everybody good? Yeah. yeah. Amy? Garth. Lunch? I went Garth. Eddie? Go with a goat. He's still touring. Garth Brooks? A lot. Uh, George Strait's worth $300 million. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Garth Brooks is worth uh, almost a half a billion. Almost yeah. All right, Jason Aldean or Blake Shelton? Oh, yikes. Ooh. Who has more money? Jason Aldean or Blake Shelton? This what is I'm tough. picturing right now is Aldean driving on the road. Listen to this. Going, what's, what's he going to say? Yeah, I'm looking at that bowling alley in his house, and I'm like, man, I know who's got it. Amy. Okay, I'm going Blake, but that's because he has things like The Voice. Lunchbox. I went Blake just because TV money. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> Blake, TV money. Yeah, 100 million Blake, 80 yeah, million Aldean. Poor Aldean. I mean, I don't know how accurate that is. If that's true, though, Luke's worth double Aldean. Yeah. So does that mean Aldine could not work for the rest of his life and be fine? 80 yeah. million, you yeah. think that's good? Yeah, that's good. Okay, because you guys only tell me. He doesn't have to work and neither do his kids. Okay. But he can blow that if he wanted to. Yep, he yeah. could. <laughs> like for sure. He definitely could. Like MC Hammer. But he could live a great life with lots of houses and cars and also invest and be just fine the rest mm-hmm. of his life and his kids' lives and probably his grandparents, his grandkids' lives. Okay, because you always tell me, oh, you know, you can't retire on a certain amount of money. So I didn't know if 80 million. No, we don't say you can't retire on a certain amount of money. We say <laughs> you, if you get a million dollars, first of all, it gets cut in half by taxes and then you can't buy an island and then a house, and then a, a Lamborghini. Okay. That's what that's what we say. <laughs> All right, next up, Toby Keith or Shania Twain? Ooh. What? This is crazy. I mean, I just hear Toby talking about how much he makes in uh-huh. her. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're both really rich. They're, how is... They're I'm both sorry. richer than George Strait. What? Because Toby Keith owns a part of Taylor Swift, and, right. you know, he was part, on the part of that label whenever... She was okay, but Shania is also massive internationally. Oh, is that where she gets money? Because <laughs> I wonder where Shania internationally? gets money. Uh, they're very close, by the way. This is a very close one. Amy, I don't know. I'm going Toby. Lunchbox, I went Toby because I can't figure out where Shania makes money. <laughs> Eddie, investments. Give me Toby. Toby Keith makes three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. It has three hundred sixty-five million bucks. Oh my god. Shania has four hundred million. Oh, okay. I feel like a woman. How? Someone explain to me where. I mean, she has massive songs that she wrote, right? That, that are international hits. Okay. Like touring, four hundred five hundred one k. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying she had songs like. I don't know where people's money come from. I really don't. I have no uh, idea. You're all tied though. Let's do another one. Alan Jackson or Carrie Underwood. Ooh, dang. That's a good one. Dang. I'm in. In. Let's go. Lunchbox. Alan Jackson. Eddie? I'm going to go Carrie Underwood. Alan Jackson had to sell his mansion the other day. 
He had to? Yeah, I saw it on some or article. Or he did. Maybe, hey, it screamed to me, hard times. Oh, really? You know oh, what I'm saying? No. Okay. <laughs> Amy? Carrie Underwood. They're separated by $10 million, according to the internet. Oh, wow. Carrie Underwood at $140 million. That's a lot of money. Boom! 150 Alan Jackson at $150 million. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Ah! Okay, maybe you didn't need the cash. Yeah, now I think you just want to sell it. Uh, let's do one more here, because we only have one more to do. The Kenny Rogers estate. Oh, oh man. boy. Or the Johnny Cash estate. And. Hmm. Oh, man. What does. Which is valued higher? The Kenny Rogers estate. R.I.P. Or the Johnny Cash estate. R.I.P. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Why are you grunting? That's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Just pick one. I did. I wrote <laughs> one down, you fool. Everybody in? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amy. Johnny Cash. Lunchbox. Listen, there's only one museum you can go to, and it's the Johnny Cash Museum, so it has to be him. So I'm going to tell you right now that, and don't make a reaction, Eddie, at all. It is not the Johnny Cash estate. Uh, Kenny Rogers at two hundred and fifty million. Johnny Cash at sixty million. Excuse okay. me. Yeah. Yes, sir. Huh? Excuse you. <laughs> what? Okay. Like I understand Kenny Rogers did Islands in the Streams, but he didn't have. A, he doesn't have a museum. Like you, twenty five dollars. I don't know that he doesn't have a museum. He might somewhere. Johnny Cash, you got to go down here. Is twenty five dollars a head? That's straight going <laughs> to the, the family. Like right? Um, Eddie, <laughs> if you got Kenny Rogers, if you wrote it. Uh huh. You will go to tiebreaker with Lunchbox. If you didn't, Lunchbox wins. And well, he gets to be king of country music money. Eddie. Oh, really? Yeah, what is your answer? Let me tell you what I wrote down, Bones. I said, thanks to the hipsters, Johnny Cash. Oh. But I got it wrong, so he's the king. Yeah! You got I know money! Woo! You do know money. Yeah! You don't have money. But I know money. <laughs> hey, who's got more money, Lunchbox? Kid Rock or Keith Urban? Oh, Kid Rock. He's super rich. But so is Keith Urban. I mean, he's super rich. Yeah, yeah super. but Kid Rock is, yeah, a cowboy. Oh, because he has a bar. Yep, has a bar. And 25 bucks a head <laughs> on Saturday night. $4 a drink. I mean, on a Thursday. Woo! Uh, Keith Urban, 75 million bucks. Kid Rock, 150 million bucks. Boom! I want to be a cowboy, All right, play a song. He's a big winner today. Yeah! All I do is win, 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 no matter How what. How much I make? Got money on my mind. Like you don't make any money. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. And they stay there. All right, Lunchbox, big winner. Nice job. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Ryan Hurd. One of the biggest awards maybe you've ever gotten, and I say that humbly, is I named you one of my top five songs of summer with Pass It On, Ryan Hurd. Yes, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Wow. Wow, yes. Thank you. Oh boy. Yes, I, I, that is actually, that's pretty high on the list of, because, you know, I've been nominated for a lot of things. Well, you but, won this, number, well, number three. But I'm, yeah, I'm claiming this as a victory. Number three, right, Mike? Because I had Zach Bryan at number one. Who'd I have it to? I already forgot since, like, last hour. And number two, I had uh, Morgan Wallen. Third place still gets a medal. Third place. This Absolutely. jam right here. Pass Thank it on. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Let's listen to it here. Pass, Pass it, it on. on. Pass it on to someone else. I love this song. 
I, I told Eddie, because we were talking about music, I love Pass It On so much for a few reasons. One, it just makes you feel happy. And that's what a summer song is to me. It's nothing other than, and it could be slow or fast or mid or whatever, but this song just makes you feel good. It's unabashedly positive. Yeah. And it makes you smile, and we I love singing it in my set, and it's starting to catch on. Like, usually when you sing your new single, you, the first... That's when I get a beer and I don't even drink. The, <laughs> the first couple months are like, everybody's just kind of staring at you. Like, what is this? But now that people have heard it quite a bit, it's so fun to do live, and thank you very much. That's, that's a huge compliment. I appreciate it. Uh, I have three questions for Ryan before he leaves here because he came in just for me to tell him that. Oh, good. How about you. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stopped by just to hear <laughs> that. Uh, the three questions for Ryan here. Number one, the most famous person you've met that you were starstruck by? The last time I got starstruck was Frank Thomas last summer. That's cool. White Sox first baseman for everybody out there. Was, also, ED pills. Yeah, he does commercials yeah. for him. I've, I've seen him. So I, <laughs> yeah, we've met a lot of people in music, and that's very cool. Um, I met Willie Nelson and that I didn't really know what to say there. That's my favorite. Frank Thomas is awesome. I want to know that Frank story. Frank Thomas. So I, I the was big born, hurt. born in Chicago. I was my favorite baseball player growing up. And he walked by and I could have said hi. And they said, hey, say hi to Frank. And I just blanked. Oh, was, you didn't say anything. I froze. No, I froze. He walked by. <laughs> so you, and didn't I'm really, like six, you didn't really meet him then. I'm like 6'3". I could have. And he walked by. <laughs> and I, but he didn't. I look up at this guy. He's 6'3". He's, he's a, a massive human. And I, I'm looking up at him and he looks down at me. We make like eye contact in passing. And my mouth's just kind of like open. How, how tall do you think he is? Six five, six six. He's massive. But also, um, he's just like a gigantic guy. He's just the one of the smoothest baseball swings in the history of of the game. And oh, I have his jersey signed at my house. That's which, what you should have led with. I should have. Yeah, I have your jersey <laughs> and your pills. It's the, it's the only one I've ever bought. I love getting like. I mean, you do that same a similar thing, but like, I love getting jerseys and then like figuring out how to get them signed. And that's the only one I ever bought mm. just like i'm just gonna buy it because i want it so uh first instrument you learned to play question two piano my mom made us take piano lessons and uh i'm really glad she did she was obsessed with making us uh making sure we learned how to read music which is cool because i use that uh i've never used that as an adult so um thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> but it was i mean it was i she was always really supportive of us me especially and making sure that i had all the instruments I needed. So the next one was guitar and she got really excited when I got my first like really nice acoustic guitar. At the time it was, we still have it, but um, yeah, my mom made us take piano lessons and, and uh, now I play a little piano in my set. So that's fun. That's probably surprising for people too. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah last question for Ryan Hurd. If you had to live with one, we'll call it a CD. So we're, we're talking back when CDs were yes. the thing. One full CD in your CD player, and it never comes out, and you're always listening to it, what is it? Jimmy Eat World Futures. It's a good one. Because that was the last CD that didn't come out. It, it's still stuck oh, in there. it's stuck in it's there. It's in his Taurus. <laughs> it's Ford still Explorer. that changer. Just I, I chilling. A 98 Ford Explorer that I took to college and lasted like two semesters before it croaked, but uh, I, uh, that's the one. It was Jimmy Eat World Futures. Does it have the middle in it, at least? No, that was the album before. Oh, no. Futures, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Futures is a better album, but it didn't have that hit on it. Oh. Also, uh, Dave Matthews Band Live in Central Park. Yeah. The two disc. I, I two disc, that, one song. That's how long. That's I how put it, that album up against any album. I love that album so much. I it's, like live albums, too, because it's almost the greatest hits without cheating. Like Nirvana Unplugged in New York's one of my favorite ever. Yeah. So that's all the questions I have for you. Now you got to go. See you later. There he is. Ryan Hurd, everybody. <laughs> hey, let me
Let me talk to Mike in North Carolina who is on the phone. Hey, Mike, what's going on, buddy? Hey, good morning, everybody. Morning. Hey, man, I just uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Hank Jr. interview you did there. I seen it over on uh, YouTube, and he was—he seemed like he was a little rough edge with you. Mm-hmm. He was. I was warned before he came in. They're like, "Hey, Hank Jr., not that nice a guy." And I was like, "You know what? He's been famous for a long time. He's old. He deserves if he wants to come in and be cranky." You know, I just feel it. I just feel like it's cranky. Yeah. And I hope I'm cranky like that when I get old. And so I'm kind of cranky like that now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a rough one in that I didn't quite know what to expect. But I think what happened was he wanted to smoke in the building, in the green room, and we were like, "You can't smoke inside." Get a cigar. Yeah, yeah, smoke a cigar. <laughs> yeah. And he, and I think that set him off, because I guess he's just allowed to smoke wherever. Huh. If I were him, I just would have done it and then asked for forgiveness, or we probably wouldn't have said anything to him. What would you have done if he lit up a cigar in here? Like, we just obviously you'd have to let him. Yeah, I think you're just like, well, that's weird. <laughs> but you don't ask. It's like yeah. me with all the executives of this company. I don't ask for crap. I get in trouble some, and sometimes they're like, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Or it just shocks them that we're doing something. So, but he asked, and of course you have to say no. And then I think he was just trying to get back and smoke Mm -hmm. his cigar. And so he came in and I also, at this stage in my career, I'm not really afraid of anybody anymore. And I thought it was kind of fun. He was was trying to leave and he was kind of being a butt. But I was like, this is fun. Let's be a butt together. And so I was like, no, sit down, sit down. And, you know, overall, I thought it was a pretty compelling interview. I don't like him any less. And he's probably, what is he, 70? Heck yeah, man. When I'm 70, I want to be rushing to get out and play golf and smoke cigars too. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I tell you, I got a couple of messages from some uh, some artists that listen to the show daily. Big, like, uh, I would say one entertainer of the year esque artist and okay. one vote. And they were both like, yeah, he's tough. You don't really want to. <laughs> They're like, he's a tough one to be around. They know what's up. Yeah, he's 73. Good for him. You know what? He's made it this far. He's almost died. Guy wants to smoke a cigar. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Thunderhorn Hawkins. You know what? It's weird, too, when somebody comes in and doesn't want to play like a little bit of one of their hits, and they want to go under an assumed name. Uh I'm like, wait, Thunderhead Hawkins? (laughs) But overall, it was great. It was great. I loved it. Me, too. As long as the audience is entertained by it, even if it's awkward even if it gets sad or happy or if there's an emotion that comes from it, I'm all for it. And so I really enjoyed the Hank Williams Jr. interview. I was asked about it yesterday in an interview. And I'm like, this people care about this? You know, when he came in, he went straight to Mike. He said, how you doing, man? You're my favorite person right now. I love you. And I go, why do you love him? And he said, he's the sound man. Of course, you love the sound man. He's going to make me sound great. Yeah. Then he sat down and played. <laughs> and I like that because he went to Mike, uh-huh. who's just a guy in the corner. And it's like, hey, you're my guy. So, yes. Um, awkward, yes. Awesome, yes. <laughs> I loved it. Yes. Uh, Mike, I appreciate that. What were your thoughts after you watched it? No, oh, man, I mean, you know, like you said, he's he's old-timer and definitely uh, paid his dues, and I think he was ready to get on out of there. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I had to beg him to stay. Uh, yeah, hey, Mike, I appreciate you calling. I know it's uh, a little bit out of your morning to pick up the phone and call us, but Thank you very much for calling, and thanks for listening. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. All right, let's go over and do the big stories. Bobby's Big Stories. Well, let's talk about when you eat dip. I guess my favorite dip would... Is, it, is queso considered a dip? Yeah. Yeah. That's a dip. Man, that's the number. If I were doing my Mount Rushmore dips, <laughs> queso, 
Mm. And I was at a Mexican restaurant recently, and they said, do you want white cheese or yellow cheese at the queso? And I said, I want the most hillbilly. Make it as yellow as That'll possible. That would be yellow, yeah. yeah. I said, I'm from Arkansas. We don't even call it queso. We call it cheese dip. It's just Velveeta. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Melted Velveeta. Yeah, basically. So I'm going queso. Probably as I've gotten older, I'm going to put guacamole up there at number That's two. That's good there you Yeah, guacamole. Uh, I'm going to put even a salsa probably. Oh my gosh. Only if there's yeah. water at the table. Sometimes you'll go to a Mexican restaurant and they'll give you salsa and it's hot, but there's no water there and there's chips and salsa and you got to make that decision. Am I going in now with no water <laughs> or am I going to wait? I'm going to hold off on salsa quite yet. I'm going to go queso, guacamole. Number three, dip. I'm going to go, I have to go salsa. Mostly because I can't think of a third. Dude, three Mexican dips. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really got the, the corner in the dip game. Hey, what about bean dip? No. Oh, bean no. dip. Oh. Eddie, I thought so too. Bean, I thought, I thought no, no. you were going bean dip three. No, bean, no. You don't like the no, bean no, dip? No, I have, to, I have to sleep in the same bed with my wife after that. I, well, I'm not, I don't think about that. Yeah, I don't even like bean dip. What? Name another dip though. A ranch Hummus. dip? Oh, okay. I get that, that kind of. Mm. Like buffalo wings? You dip your wings in ranch? Okay, like a meat dip. I'm thinking all chips. Yeah, dude, any kind of dip. Okay, I'm going. Is honey mustard a dip? Sure. <sighs> no, not really. Not a dip? You no, know, I guess it is because like you, you go to the fast food restaurants and you for eat nuggets. Nuggets, and they say what? Honey mustard go. at four. Yeah. I'm also taking off salsa and I'm putting on blue cheese. And those oh. are my four dips. Oh, put salsa back on. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Blue cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah blue cheese for my off. wings. For my wings. Oh. Uh, more than six in ten Americans are not ashamed of eating dip with a spoon straight from the container without a chip. Oh, that's weird. That's w- same. Oh, very strange. Yeah. Same. Most do it to avoid major calories, but still want the dip experience. I, I don't. I don't do that. I don't go full dip. It's like having ketchup or mustard. I don't just squirt on the spoon and eat it. And although that's not a dip, that's still yeah. a <laughs> side thing. But that's weird. Anybody do that? Just no. Eat it no. With a spoon? Uh, that's from studyfinds.org. What could be more refreshing on a hot day than a refreshing Sonic slush? Mm. By the way, this is not a commercial. This actually is. Soon, you'll be able to pull in a Sonic and get a spiked Sonic slush. Let's go. Stop. The chain is set to roll out alcoholic cherry limeade, blue raspberry, and watermelon flavors. The drinks will be 6% alcohol, about the same as an IPA beer, and will be available later this fall. The boozy beverages won't be available in the drive-thru. Wait, so so, so maybe okay, so maybe it's this. It's the cl- and this is not a commercial, so I don't have all the details. When you pull in, you can sit. Maybe they give it to you where they will come bring it out to you, but not the actual drive. Oh, you're right. Circle. There is. You're yeah. right. Some Sonics you can drive through. And what I've learned in the past year or so is that Sonic, there's a cool side and a lame side. What's what's the difference? Well, the difference is look and see where the cool people are. Look and see where the lame people are. <laughs> okay. Mostly the cool side is around the entry. The entrance is the front side. That's kind of the lame side for the most part. On the back side is the cool side. Oh. I've been sitting in the lame side the whole time. Yeah, I've lived lame. Yeah, because <laughs> I hey, just go in. Live, laugh, lame. That's Why my. Not? That's what I say. I got a whole thing in my house. <laughs> live, laugh, lame. Uh, next up, a study says to avoid burnout, take regular bi-monthly vacations. Well, I've done my own study to say everybody ain't rich. Yeah, how do you do that? That's crazy to go, go on vacation every two months. And what they say, too, is it can be you know a day or two, but still... How are you doing that? No, that's a lot. That is a lot. A study shows that getting away regularly from your job is the best way to have a long career and avoid the dreaded burnout. Experts say vacations can be a good way to relieve stress and put small job problems into perspective. Four weeks vacation a year at minimum, spread out in quarters, seem to provide the greatest benefit of those studied. I don't think everybody gets four weeks vacation in life. Two on average, I would think. Yeah. I mean, at this point, 
every time I negotiate my contract, I think I have like three years vacation a year. <laughs> well, then you can do I'm this. like, you know what? This year on my contract, I need three years vacation. <laughs> but you never take them. No, never. I never take all my days. Uh, that's from studyfinds.org. You can live in an old high school gym for $299,000. You can buy it. It's a half basketball court, half house. I actually went through and looked at it last night in the Zillow. And so it's 11,000 square foot, single family residence. It's in Indiana in a town called Wilkinson. It's on the market, and it doesn't look much like a house. It looks like an old gym, but inside, it's a half house, a kitchen, bedrooms, the whole thing. <laughs> and there's also an old basketball court from back in the day. That's really cool. It was built in 1950, but I bet you the court was the last time it was done in like the late 70s, early 80s. But you can play basketball there. So it's 3.6-acre home, Ooh. and the home is a gym. And the guy's like, we've had so many people call and ask questions about it. If I were single, totally, <laughs> yes. and live there in that area, probably because there's nowhere our wives would let us get the house. <laughs> yeah, no chance now. Uh, two cops in Arizona are in trouble after they went undercover. When they went undercover, they went to expose massage parlors for offering sexual favors, and in doing this, they accepted sexual favors at least eight different times. Okay. Well, you have to have the evidence. Job, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. You Guys. send them in to do something. You can't say, oh, wait, 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 we got to stop because I'm collecting evidence. You want to see if they'll go through with yes. it. Yes. And you want to double check and then quadruple. What's eight? They octo- t- you want to octo check yeah, it. Yeah, they okay. say check your work. Three teens are arrested after setting off fireworks in a movie theater oh. and then evading arrest in a stolen car. Three teens were arrested Saturday night for allegedly setting off fireworks inside a movie theater. That's messed up. That is messed up. You don't do that. You know, if you want to do something like that, go do the Minions thing where you dress up. Right. Gentle Minion. And then every time they come on stage, scream. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Or come fine. on the sc- screen. Yeah, on the screen. Um, but no, they sh- set off fireworks and then they ran away in a stolen car. Mm. Like, somebody could have died. The kids could have died. They could have crashed into somebody. Like, you did the fireworks. You're in trouble. The end. They caught you. Don't run away because then you're putting other people's lives in jeopardy. And then don't steal a car because that just made it much, much worse. Well, that's... Yeah. You know what? I don't even care <laughs> about stealing the car. If they were doing it in their own car, that's still endangering people's lives yeah. by driving fast. The cops' lives, their lives, and other people on the road. Yeah, you're right. Um, they just do the fireworks. You're like idiot teenagers. Mm-hmm. They steal the car and don't run. You're like idiot teenagers. They stole a car. Wow. But the running, people could have really gotten in trouble. But they found a, a, a gun... In the, it's a whole thing. Wow. Uh, that's from WKRN. The driver was quickly apprehended and was found to be in possession of a loaded handgun. Oh. You would think somebody as hardcore as having a handgun wouldn't do a prank like shooting fireworks in a theater. I think they'd be like hold up a store or something, like for their kicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bank robber poses as a security guard and tricks the staff into handing over $175,000. That's good. That's good. I mean, that, that's Talking creative. About. No, no, no. Hey, this is creative. No one's hurt. He didn't threaten anybody. This is a smart tactical move. A man posing as a security guard and dressed in uniform, helmet, and visor walked right into a bank and showed a fake ID. The suspect was then able to walk right out with six boxes of cash containing about 30000 bucks each, leaving bank staff to realize something had gone horribly wrong when he didn't come back to sign the money transfer. Staff then called security to ask about the money pickup to be told there was no pickup scheduled. He got away with all the money. Police have confirmed that no arrests have been made. Wow. That okay. last line, no arrests have been made. He may have gotten free. Like The, that's the it. reason I don't agree with lunchboxes, he may have had a gun on him, and it had it gone sideways, he may have pulled the gun and somebody could have got shot. So that's why I don't go, wow, smart. Because I'm sure he had a plan that if it had gone sideways, he was also going to mm-hmm. go sideways. Right. But you can't assign narratives. Nothing happened. These guys didn't know. They were like, oh, this is a smooth transfer. He went out to his little car, put it in the back seat. And now he's just living the life. 
And guys, don't you think like this is an inside job? He has knowledge of how it all works. Like, well, you can just walk in and look at the security guy. You can sit there. Yeah, but he all, he almost yes, knew the protocol. The answer protocol. is yes, though. I'm going to say yes. Absolutely. I do think he knew something, but I'm saying you could probably s- go to the bank a bunch and watch how it works or, or follow maybe the truck. Inside, you say inside bank or inside the company, the security company? No, bank. Oh, I was thinking oh, maybe security company. company. Wow. Security company. To For know sure. where they walk. To have the uniform. To know what to say. Dang. Ah, crazy. That's, that's like everyone knows who it is. Oh, maybe, I mean, does he get caught eventually then? Yes. Yeah, Because the way you said it sounded like, yeah, dude, One of his buddies probably tell okay. him. All right, there you go. That's the news. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. I think before I say anything about this story, and before I give you any context at all, I just want to play the clip. It's about 50 seconds long. It is an upstate New York news anchor. And the question is, is she exhausted or is she drunk? Here we go. Good afternoon. Like I was telling you this morning, if you watched this this morning, starting at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I told you, you know what, today, what a beautiful day outside. It is just amazing. And so moving on tonight is we have to tell you also, you know, like other news that's happening in the area and across the, you know, the area uh, in the nation. A four, uh, let me tell you about this. A four-year-old girl is actually dead. Another man is clinging to life. And we are just lucky. This weekend right here is so amazing. Uh, uh, meteorologist Craig Adams is right here with you. I'm sorry, Craig Adams. Why did I say that? And of course, just like me, meteorologist Craig Gold is working a double shift. The New York Mets back in action in New York series against their National League rival, Miami Marlins. Ah. You know how much we love the, you know, the Mets and the Yankees and all this, and we're keeping you up to date. So that's her throughout the morning strung together, right? So it's 55 seconds or so of all the things she was saying. Now, just from that, Eddie, do you think she's drunk or exhausted? Now, she mentioned the double shift. I know, and it's, as, week, and it's weekend anchor. As an excuse, I think she was drinking during the double shift because she sounds drunk. So you worked in news a long time. Uh-huh. I worked for like over 10 years. Would the anchors, reporters ever? I will say that sometimes you'd go on a little dinner break and you'd grab a drink. Like, it wasn't very often, but there'd be some times where you just go and like, hey, let's just get a beer. All right, cool. And then we go back on air. Would you ever see him go on the air and be like, hey. Not like that. Mm-hmm. No, because you have a director there that'd be like, uh, are they drunk? Like, done. Go to commercial. Stop this. Lunchbox, what do you think? She is absolutely drunk. <laughs> when you're tired, you... <laughs> she's slurring. I have been tired and I don't and her if you look at the video, her hair is all whacked out like and her she, head sideways. I mean I mean she is hammered really? about to fall asleep and she called the meteorologist the wrong name. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, come on, she's hammered. Hey, Ray, will you play like the first 15 seconds again? (laughs) Good afternoon. Like I was telling you this morning, if you watched this this morning, starting at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I told you, you know what, today, what a beautiful day outside. (laughs) It is just amazing. The fact that she's like, like? Uh Uh-huh. Like. (laughs) Not remembering names. So let me read you the story, and then I will give you my opinion on this. Uh, An upstate New York news anchor has been suspended from her job after she was accused of appearing on air drunk. Heather Kovar, the weekend morning anchor for WRGB CBS 6 News, was borderline incoherent and slurred her words on camera, looked disheveled, and it was all during Saturday morning's report. Kovar, who claims she was sleep-deprived, sleep-deprived after starting work at 6 a.m., also got the weatherman's name wrong and gave a rambling roundup that viewers complained made no sense. (laughs) And then they quote a lot of the things that she said there. At one point during the broadcast, during a segment about a heat wave, she said, 
these areas are reaching such areas. You know, I say stuff like that, and I'm not drunk. <laughs> but you don't sound like that. And also, I do have to do this for five hours. I think I just get tired. Uh-huh. But she also referred to her meteorologist, who's Craig Gold is Craig Adams, <laughs> which you heard there from Daily Mail. My thought is she's – I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that maybe she's exhausted or – if she's not well and she has to take some sort of medication, because that can do that without it being drinking. Sure. Like if she has to take something, maybe like low blood sugar. It could be any of that. But yeah. if you're having, if you're not sleeping and you're taking a medication, it could that could happen to you. And so I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and think that she didn't get drunk and just hop on air. The the factors of it being a weekend. That weighs in pretty heavily, hey, you know though. Who's not, you know who's not there on the weekends? Mm. The bosses. Yeah, and you, know, you know when the bars are really hopping and people are doing the most partying? On, on the, the weekend. Uh, so that's a thing in the double shift. And I, Too drunk? I'm going to go with <laughs> no. She's exhausted, and there's something else happening that makes her sound like. That's not just exhaustion, but it could be some sort of medication that maybe she doesn't want to share. Because it's not our business. So did they suspend her without testing her or anything, or did, do they know if she was? Drunk I don't know or not? that you can test. Yeah, I don't think you can for test a day after. later. Oh yeah, I, guess I don't think not. it's like drugs. You know where you can test up to. I don't think there's you- a guy I worked with, and he rode the elevator with the boss boss, and then he had it, went to go get a breathalyzer, and then got fired that day. Well, but that was in the moment. But you can test if there's alcohol in somebody's system, but you can't test. I don't think if she was drunk. Like how drunk yeah. she was. Right, because she could say, she oh, could I had, had a beer alcohol after before. the word. After yeah. this. <laughs> after the word. Are you drunk? You've been drinking? What's going on with you? We give him a raise, though. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, nice job, buddy. You're killing it today. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I feel bad for her if it was something other than being plastered. Yeah. I just can't imagine somebody would go on the air plastered after doing it as a career mm-hmm. for a long time. So I'm, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. So two, one. No, I'm, you're, you gotta say drunk. drunk. I say not. Yeah, because when she says, well, "Let me tell you," because when you're drunk, that is your line. Well, let me tell you about this. Like, and you try to explain it by starting with, "Let me tell you," <laughs> and she does that, and I'm like, "That is a telltale sign she's drunk." <sighs> okay, but she could just be Eddie. Tell me when you're trying to describe I, something. No, I let, get me, it. Let, let me tell you. Yeah, let me tell you. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Over on the phones, Gretchen is standing by. Gretchen, really appreciate you calling us. What would you like to say? So I work as a home health aide, and my shifts, I've worked everything from an eight-hour shift all the way up to a 24-hour shift. Never, ever, ever in my career working as a home health aide have I ever sounded like that news anchor. I agree. Just off exhaustion, and I can tell you guys from experience, there have been 24 or 36 hours at a time that I haven't slept and had to do two shows. And I may be a little off mentally, but I don't sound like that. But my point was it could be a medication. If you're tired and you're taking something, it affects you in all different ways. 
My only point was, I don't think we should go drunk. It could be something deeper. Now, we may find out and be like, yeah, drunk. <laughs> but I am not going to do that because at times people have said things about me, which wasn't true because they didn't know what was really happening. You're right. Um, so I, you're right, Gretchen. I don't think that's just exhaustion because I've been exhausted. <laughs> she sounds drunk. She sounds, <laughs> sounds like something else has happened. Whatever it is, something has come into her system and affected her in a way. She better not have been drinking in public because there's oh, always man, cameras. Someone yeah. is going to come out with a camera and picture, and there she's going to be drinking at a bar, doing body shots. Body and shots. We'll, I mean, <laughs> that'd be funny. And again, you can test somebody and see if they've, had, if they've been drinking, but it's going to be tough to 30 days, you know, or yeah, uh, 30 yeah. hours later, know exactly how much. Uh, but I appreciate that call, Gretchen. I hope you have an awesome morning. Uh, well, you too. All right. See you later. Uh, here's the deal. On August 12th and 13th, I guess a month from today, I'm doing my final two shows of my comedically inspirational. It's not really a tour because they're all in Nashville. So you have a month. Make your plans. Come to Nashville. It's motivational. It's comedy. Eddie and I, the Raging Idiots, do a little set in the middle as well that's funny. So we would love for you to come. All you have to do on Friday, you can get your tickets at bobbybones.com. So bobbybones.com, about 10 a.m. Central Time. Get your tickets. Make your plans to come to Nashville. Friday, they go on sale. All right, appreciate you guys. Uh, Coming back in just a second, I got a couple things I want to run by you. One, what this guy found under his house. And if you found it, would you keep it? Okay. That's the question. And then number two, what vehicle do you automatically assume is being driven by what they quote an a-hole? What vehicle? <laughs> if you see the car, right. you're like, well, that's it. just by the car and you just know inside of it. That's what it is. I got it. All right. <laughs> that's quick. I, I already know what's huh. up. Quick. All right. We'll do that next. <laughs> so they find about a thousand bucks buried under their home. So that's what this story is going to get us to. A New Jersey couple made a surprise when renovating their house and... They wanted to raise the home up about four feet and put in a new foundation. And so when doing that, they got into the crawl space and found a thousand bucks. So if you found a thousand bucks, what would you think? Not what would you do yet, but what would you think? Lunchbox? I would think it was there when the owners built the house and that was their life savings and the, it's probably 100 years old. So, yeah, it's just it got stuck down there and people forgot about it. Yeah, I wouldn't think it's like cartel drug money because it's yeah. not $400,000. Right, right. And I would be worried about being murdered <laughs> if I kept that money. You know, let's flip it. Let's say you find half a million bucks under your house. What, uh-huh. do, you, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You take that money, you sell that house... Never saw that money, man. Sorry. Why do you talk like that, though? Why, why did you say you, then he you threw a man in there? Yeah, man. I'm talking to the cartel, man. I didn't see it. Like, <laughs> they I, don't I, care. I just sold the house, man. I, the new homeowners, that, that's something you got to take up with them. I if I, if I, yeah, but I'd keep it for sure. 100%. They would see that he's living a different life. Like, you can sell the house, but he'd be buying Lambos with it. They'd be like, no, you got the money. That would be tough. I don't, I think I'd probably just move and leave the money. Because That's crazy. I, I would be afraid. Would you leave a little note for the new homeowners? Hey, you might want to check under the house. There's half a million dollars for you. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just. I asking. don't. I think I would just do nothing. I would. I would leave the money and I would move because I would feel like there's some real nefarious stuff that was going on, and I don't want to be involved in it. Or just leave a treasure map on the table that has an X mark. Like, what does that I ain't mean? messing with it in any way whatsoever. So the one thousand bucks. It was the bills from 1934. The money was. Oh, wow. That the guy found. So what he thinks is. Again, it was illegal money, but it was probably something from, like, the prohibition. Like, they were doing something illegal, but it wasn't, like, cartel drug money. 
So he says he's not going to spend it. That's only a thousand bucks. In 1934, what's Peapaw going to do? Come what do you mean? What's he going to do it? then? Is he just going to keep it? Just look at it. Yeah, it doesn't say. It says he figured the one thousand bucks <laughs> was raised illegally, and that's why I was stashed. The bills were from 1934, so he's not going to be spending them. Huh? That's it, so dumb. Unless that money won't spend because it's old, I would spend that yeah. again. Unless those dollar bills are worth something because they're old, I'd sell them to a collector. Yeah, Grandpa Paul's not going to come shoot you up because you got his money from way back in the day. Hey, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, they're really old. I mean, it's old, old school. Maybe the money is worth even more because it's so old. Yeah, and even with that old money, I would think that whoever owned it is probably no longer with us. Top three songs in country music right now. At number three, Tim McGraw, 7500 OBO. 7500 OBO. Scotty McCreary at number two. Damn straight. I'm a big fan of his new one though, Dang Straight. <laughs> the new new one. Yeah, the new new one. I'm more a fan of Dang Straight, but okay. <laughs> and then your number one song in country music again is Morgan Wallen Wasted on You. I've wasted on you. All of this time and all of this money. All of these Your number one pop song is from Lizzo about dang time. Okay. All the bad words now. No, man, throwing that everybody's so cool throwing their bad words in their songs. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, what vehicle do you automatically assume if you see it is being driven by an a hole? Uh, Eddie Camaro 100%. But do you see Camaros at all? Yeah, I don't think they they don't make make them anymore. anymore. They don't. Well, then Uh whoever bought the old Camaro and still driving it is an a hole. See, I guess I think whomever's (laughs) driving it is like someone that just can't remove themselves from the 80s more than an a hole. Okay. But I, I see your point. Maybe in 80s and 90s, you'd be like, oh, okay, there's a there's a uh, Cameron Camaro right there. I will tell you, I was in between a Camaro and a Mustang. Mustang's interesting. Same Come on, Mustang is cool. That's interesting. What's that style to you? Why do you say that? Just fast. It, it's like, it's like mm, I don't want to say low budget, but it's not a Lambo, obviously, but it's a fast car that kind of looks like it could be worth a lot of money, but it's not that, that expensive. I wish I knew about cars because there are a couple times Mike and I saw um, – uh, but Bentley, we were freaked out. Mike D and I were like, That's wow, awesome. wow. We're like, oh, pull up, pull up beside it. Or they're in cool. my neighborhood. Oh, and then what was it, Mike? A Hyundai Genesis. Oh, they do look like Bentleys. Yeah, yeah we know nothing about cars. And shout out Hyundai because your cars look like Bentleys and they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Lunchbox, what do you got before I give you the list here? If you see this car, you think uh, probably an a-hole. BMW. Makes the list at number five. Wow. Absolutely. I Why? See- I don't know. It's just something about I feel like it's older guys like in their 50s or 60s, and they think they're so freaking cool. And I'm like, you're just a jerk. Oh, wow. I, yeah. That's what I, I just ever, – ever since I've seen a BMW, I'm just like, ah. Would you have one if somebody gave you a free one? I would take a free one. Yeah. I would never buy – I don't think I'd ever buy one because – Would you buy one for it. half price? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. I think he's just jealous. I think a lot of his stuff comes from jealousy. Amy, what do you got there? Well, first of all, they still do make Camaros because my mother-in-law drives one. Boom. Did they just start remaking them? They must them? have just started remaking they them. They did, Mike. Uh, okay, you Mike. know who's buying them? a <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. My mother-in-law Go is ahead. not that. She's the oh. sweetest. But I will. I, mine is like the, I don't know, like Corvettes to me are oh, that way. Sure. Rude. Absolutely rude. At number two on the list is Corvettes. Oh, oh. wow. Mm. So here you go. Top five. Oh, for me. Let me do me. Um, big jacked up trucks, just jacked for not 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 just a couple inches of lift kit, not not a small lift kit, but like extremely jacked up, where the person just wants you to look over and go, wow, 
Lie. A little Peter Mobile is what that is. Oh, man, I saw one this this past week at the beach. This dude had one. He had a stepladder he had to use to get up into it. I was like, <laughs> that is cool. A stepladder? Like, but literally. even then, if a truck has a lift kit where you just need an extra step, I'm okay with that. It's when you have to elevate where you need like two steps uh-huh. or more. Yeah, it was a like a two or three step little stepladder, and he was climbing up in it. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Little dude? Ah, medium-sized dude. Probably about Ray's size. Okay, little dude. So little guy. Oh, we hey, call him little. Scuba okay. Steve, like, I don't think your truck is a little Peter-mobile. Yeah, and you have you. a monster truck. Your truck is really big, but I don't think every big truck is that. I'm talking about it's you have to almost go in and get it illegally lifted. It's like yes. larger than a couple-inch lift kit. What is your truck? Like, What's that situation? So mine is a factory two-inch lift. So it's like it's like at that level like you're saying where it's nice, but it's not like where it's like 55 feet off the ground and they have this huge space between the tires and the truck and... Yeah, all that stuff. And also, if that truck that has a five-inch lift on it sounds like this, <laughs> I think they have an inverted wiener. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. And they got, the, they got the semi-horn on it. And they got the naked lady mud flaps. Oh, those are cool, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here, are the to- <laughs> Here are the top five. Uh, number five, a BMW. Number four, anything that looks like it's from Fast and Furious. So does that mean, like, a Camaro. Uh, like, like a Honda with a huge engine. Like a modified, that's what I think, like a modified okay. car, like a normal car. But oh, you're saying they, like a Honda Accord with like the spoiler and, and the big mufflers. Yes, that's, and, but that's okay. just Low me rider. going fast and furious. The lights. Um, number three, a giant pickup truck. Now, they don't go into detail like I did, but this is that's a giant you. pickup truck. Number two, a Corvette. And it's not on you guys' list, but what do you think the number one cars with Americans who, when they see it, they go, a-hole. I hate to say it, but I'm worried they're going to say Lambo. Because not enough drive it. Oh, not enough. Okay. Yeah. Because if you see one of those, you're like, oh. you might see one every couple of months, Lamborghinis. Got it. Yeah. Land Rover. Nope. Nope. I'm worried they're going to say Jeep. Mm-mm. Okay. No, those, are, those are cool. What else? Oh, yeah. Anything, Ray? Yeah, give me Porsche. Okay. Hummer. Oh. That's the answer? Mm-hmm. I had oh. that, but I only know two people with Hummers. And they're pretty cool. The people are? Yeah. You called a Porsche? Yeah, what is, yeah. Is, that, is that how you really call it? Is that what you call it? Yeah. It's not Porsche? Because <laughs> it's an overseas car. Yeah, Porsche. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but, I, but okay, for example, Eddie, say uh, fajita. 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it can be chain. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody calls it a Porsche. Yeah, they do. It is? That's, the real, that's what it is, really? A yeah. Porsche? Yeah, that's what I've always been told, yeah. I know Porsche de Rossi, Ellen DeGeneres' yes, wife. Yeah. Oh, right, wow. I think, I think both are acceptable to your point of how you pronounce it. I mean, this is coming guy from a jacked up truck with this little, coming guy from a jacked coming, up truck coming from the guy with the jacked up truck. You know, I know, yeah. Sometimes I have too many thoughts at once, <laughs> and it just comes out like soup. So I felt that commercial. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to call us, you can eight seven seven seventy seven Bobby. Another radio show grabs that clip and goes, "Is he drunk or not?" Uh-huh. And they play that back. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Georgia. A 29-year-old man was running from police. He's like, man, I'm not going to get caught. And he sees a pond. He's like, I'm going to jump in that sucker. Runs, jumps. Uh-oh, there's gators. There's gators. Help. There's gators. In a pond? Yeah. Where was he? He must have been in Florida. He's in Chat- Chatham County, Georgia. I guess maybe okay. it's near Florida. They go all the way up to okay. Georgia. Well, they come down to the bottom of Arkansas, too. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that. That's crazy. So what it, What does he do? Uh, he, he yelled and they came and rescued him. Luckily, he didn't get bit by a gator. So he couldn't get out himself? No. Nah, well, I mean, he was just scared. I mean, once you saw a gator move, he was like, ah, ah, ah. 
help, Gators, Gators, Gators. I think I would run <laughs> instead of calling for help. Yeah, that's funny. All right. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. It's a very American story here where this person taking a selfie and they fell into a volcano. Oh, man. <laughs> and not just that. It's not just the person falling in the volcano. It was uh, you, they weren't supposed to be up there. Like, it's not like they were up there and they went on a, a tour with a bunch of people or there was a trail that said, come on up, see the volcano. They went to a place they weren't allowed, took a selfie, then fell in the volcano. And they're alive? They're alive. Yeah. What? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Mount Vesuvius in Italy, which destroyed Pompeii back in the day, but okay. hasn't erupted since 1944. Luckily, he's fine, but he and his family got charged with trespassing because they were there illegally. But of course, of course he's from America. That's us. <laughs> If there was an Olympic event and taking selfies in places we shouldn't take them and then getting killed by a moose or falling in a volcano, we take the gold. We would win that one time. easily. That's right. <laughs> We'd probably get accused of being on steroids. We wouldn't. We'd just be that good at it. Hope you guys have an awesome day. We'll see you on Wednesday's show. I'm on Instagram, Mr. Bobby Bones. Don't forget, tickets to my comedically inspirational show. Go on sale Friday, 10 a.m. Central. It's... A comedy show. It's a motivational talk. There's some music. Eddie and I, the Raging Idiot, is going to play just a little bit as well. So get your tickets on Friday, bobbybones.com. It's in Nashville, August 12th and 13th. Would love to see you. Other than that, we are done. Bye, everybody. Bobby Bones Show. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 